Okay, so we are, uh, we've had a very full service today. We're getting a pretty late start, meaning I'm getting a late start. So I am not going to give you the full sermon. I'm going to set the plate and then walk away. <laughs> so uh, I think, I think because I, I know when I was working on this, I thought, man, I should make two sermons out of this anyway. So God is in control. We all, <laughs> amen. <laughs> we all know what it is to be frustrated, right? Uh, we have those days when everything goes wrong. You wake up late. You've got a headache. It snowed again. <laughs> does, does, does the weatherman look at the calendar, for crying out loud, you know? Uh, and, and the car won't start. And, and, something else ha- and something else happened. Then your coffee's cold. Or I don't, you know, I don't know. And, and the thing is, is before long, you realize, you catch yourself. You don't mean to be doing this, but you're taking it out on people. Other people are suffering because you're having a bad day. And here's the thing about this is you're a good guy. You're a good person. You want to do good. You want to be nice to people. And you're horrified to realize you're not. You're, you're the grouch. You're the grump. You're the short-tempered, short-fused one. And, and, and that's to the good guy. What if you were the bad guy? What if you did not have any claim or thought that I am supposed to be the good guy? I mean, I hate it when I realize I'm being that guy. But if good guys vent when they have that day, then what happens when the bad guys have a bad day? What happens when it's Satan? Because that's what happens here uh, in Revelation chapter 12. Is he's having a really really bad day. Uh, in, these, in these little parts we're looking at today, Satan, I mean, Satan, we find out in, in, in uh, Isaiah and in Ezekiel, he wanted God's throne. Today, he gets kicked out of heaven. And he's having a bad day. So he wants to take it out on the Israelites, God's chosen people. And then he's not allowed to do that. And he is really frustrated, and there's one group of people left that he can vent his anger on. And that's the part we're not getting to today. So, <laughs> but there you go. What happens when Satan wants to vent his fury against God's children? That's what is set up today. So let's look at this first, verses 7 to 12. We're in Revelation chapter 12, uh, verses 7 through 12. We find Satan cast out of heaven. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. I just, just imagine this battle. And he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. Excuse me. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time has come. Satan is cast down. Now to start this out, you have to start with, what is he doing up there in the first place? Right? It's like, why is Satan in heaven in the first place to be cast down? What is he doing up there? And two, two pertinent questions, I think, arise out of that. One is, what is Satan doing in the first place? And the second is, when do these events take place? 
Because one of the ways to answer that is to say, well, this actually happened a long time ago, and he's giving us kind of a, a flashback to something, and he sets the stage. And so we want to answer those two questions. And the first is simply, Satan had access to heaven or has access to heaven. Right now, today, Satan has access to heaven. Uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to understand, but apparently he has the same access to the presence of God as other angels do. And you go, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but let's start in the book of Job. And, and I'm going to take it as a given that the book of Job is a really old book, and it starts way, way back in the past. J Job is assumed by most people to predate uh, Abraham to fall sometime between the events of, of Noah and the events of Abraham. And, and that makes sense when we look at the, the setting and everything that's going on. But in Job chapter 1, starting at verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going around to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Uh, and, and I'm just going to skip down to verse 12. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So Satan, at the time of Job, has access to heaven. So the first thing we know is that answers the question of, of did this happen uh, pre-man, because one of the possible answers people can come up with, well, he, when Satan rebelled against God uh, before the Garden of Eden, because we know he was fallen when he tempted Adam and Eve, he had to be, have fallen himself to be tempting them to sin, so he fell before that, and was that when he was cast down? No, because in Job he has access to the throne of God, and he goes in and out of the presence of God. And he, also, if we look at chapter 2, verse 1, again there was a day when the sons of God came to protect, present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And we find Satan having this access in and out with God. And, and so um, there's this idea of him coming and going, having access. So, so then we will come to, uh, well, maybe it was not then, but what about the cross? Doesn't it make sense that when Jesus defeated Satan at the cross, that is when he was cast down? Because Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. Satan, we all know that. At the cross, Jesus won. He won the battle. Everything since then is just, just a epilogue. I mean, it's all playing itself out, but it's decided he has won the battle. But, but we have another passage, and, and it's kind of closer in context to where, we've been, where we're looking, because stay in Revelation chapter 12, skip down to verse 10. Revelation 12, verse 10, and listen to this description of Satan. All right, I have to actually read two pages here to get this. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come, for the accuser of our brothers has been cast, thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. In other words, at the time this is happening, uh, he is going in and out before God, accusing the brethren before God. He has still got this access uh, after the cross. So, so when does this happen? The popular theory is the cross. It makes sense until we see uh, that, that uh, Satan still has access to God until this point. And, and so we look at this, and, and I have to say I think this is a midpoint of the tribulation thing. And, and I, maybe I'm repeating something that we've all accepted already, but if we look at chapter 12, verse 6, flip back again, uh, the woman was fled to a place where she was 
that's prepared by God, she has to be nourished 1,260 days. If we go forward to verse 14, same chapter, the woman was given two wings of the great eagle so she might fly from the serpent to the wilderness to a place she has to be nourished for a time, times, and half a time. And we find these three-year this three-year period, or three-and-a-half-year period, this half of the tribulation, is, is, this is, is the setting for this thing that's going on. And so I really, really believe it is at this midpoint of the tribulation that Satan is cast down. It works. It makes sense. Everything that is supposed to happen does. And it makes everything make sense for why all of a sudden things get so much worse. Because Satan, in his fury, is cast down from heaven. And there's war in heaven, right? Uh, 7 to 9, chapter 12. Uh, what do we see? Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon, as his angels, fought back. Satan did not lightly get cast to earth. He did not say, you want me to go? <laughs> I'm going to go. He was the guest who said, no, make me leave. Right? That's what Satan was. He says, you can tell me to leave. Big deal. I'm not leaving just because you say so. He figured he could handle it. I mean, I don't know. Satan had, took down a third. That means there's two-thirds against one-third. I figure, well, maybe he had bigger, badder guys on his side. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, should they look scarier? You know, that, that, that must, the bad guys always look scarier than good guys because they get tattoos. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Today, everybody gets tattoos. That's irrelevant. <laughs> but it's a big fight. It's a big fight. And the bad guys lose. They get cast out of heaven. But here's the thing about the bad guys losing this fight is the bad guys don't lose this fight and get destroyed. They lose this fight and get kicked out. So they have to go somewhere. They're not dead, they're simply booted out. So they have to go somewhere and they look around, where could we possibly go? Let's go there. It's not like a war, like one of the wars you have where someone invades, you know, go back World War II, Germany invades, Germany loses, they, where do they end up? Back in Germany, right? These guys don't have a place to go home to. They have been using heaven as their abode, such as it is. It's like, how could heaven be heaven? If these guys are there, it, it, it's hard to grasp onto that, but somehow it is the way it is. Whether we can, can, sometimes we have to take what makes the most sense to us and set it aside and say, it ha this is the way it was, regardless of how I think it ought to be. Kind of like real life. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes heaven works out that way, or the scripture works out that way. Big fight, the bad guys lose, they're not destroyed, they're just kicked out, they have to go somewhere. The only place they see that they can go is earth, so they come down, they land on earth. And it's good news for heaven, and it's bad news for earth. And, and you hear the celebration. I heard a loud voice in heaven, this is verse 10, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Great news! This is awesome! If you're in heaven! <laughs> if you're in heaven, this is the best news ever. Because for some reason, these guys have been allowed to be there. I mean, yay, heaven! Salvation, power, kingdom, authority. The way it's supposed to have been all the time. But these guys have been here and they have, these guys ruined heaven. I mean, I, what are the, isn't our idea of heaven where everything is only good always? 
right? Isn't that, but, but somehow these guys, it, it was, they made heaven bad enough that when they got kicked out, the angel said, yes, <laughs> yay, now we can celebrate, now we can rejoice. Uh, apparently even heaven was not heavenly uh, with Satan there, but now he's gone and they can rejoice. And we'll look at verse 11 next week, actually. But, but then the verse goes on. It says, Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. <laughs> so do I, and I hate it. Okay. Verses 13 through 16. When the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, I picture him going flop, getting up, wiping the dust off, spinning around three times, breathing fire, looking that angry. He wants to eat something, right? And, and, and he realizes he's been thrown down to earth. He pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Now, I'm not going to go back and rehearse why this is Israel. We did that last week. This is Israel. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to a place where she is to be nourished for a time, times, and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth and the, after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to help the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Wow. Hunting the woman. Okay. As I said already, the woman is Israel. Satan has always hated Israel. Satan has always hated Israel and wanted to destroy God's chosen people. The classic Bible book is Esther. They, they made a movie a couple years ago, and, and it was phenomenal. They did, they did something I think was very right, was they took Haman and his followers, and they resembled very much Nazi Germany, Hitler and his people. Because Hitler is another example of, of Satan demonically inspiring an attempt to wipe out the Jews. In 168 or 165 BC, somewhere around that time, a man named Antiochus Epiphanes uh, conquered Israel. Actually, Israel wasn't there to conquer. They were just in the way. He, he was kind of going through. But he settled in Jerusalem. He was ticked off. He, he took the the, the tabernacle, the temple, he tried to make it a home for himself. He abolished worship. He tried to wipe out the worship of God in Israel, and that's where Hanukkah and the Maccabees and all those people came up. And, and they, they, they've never, he's never been able to. In, in, we all know 70 AD that, that Israel was, was the, the temple was destroyed. The Romans conquered Israel, uh, and they, they destroyed the temple. But what you don't know is that that was the first Jewish revolt. That, that was 70 AD. The next one was around 135 AD, I think. I have it written here somewhere, but I'm way off my notes. I don't know where that is. <laughs> uh, and, and it was so bad that Rome actually, at that time, roughly 130 AD, kicked the Jews out of Israel. They, they took them, they, they uh, deported them to other parts of the world, and it was not until uh, the 1900s that Jews in any number started coming back to Israel. They were deported. Satan has wanted to destroy Israel for, since the beginning of Israel. 
He has always, since there has been a people called God's chosen people, Satan has hated God's chosen people, and he wants to wipe them out. Satan is behind every one of these things. He hates Jews. He wants to wipe them out. And here at this midpoint of the tribulation, he's cast down to earth. He's going to try one more time. And, and, and so you, you read the words here, and you go, what does this mean? Uh, he, he's going to, to he, he, he pursues the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for time, times, and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. The earth came to help the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river. You go, what on earth is happening here? I cannot follow. Well, two possibilities. One is this is all a lot of metaphor. Two, this is actually what happens. <laughs> I mean, the, but I don't think that Satan is a dragon. Like, like I said, I think that that's his avatar. That, that's what he uses to represent himself, and it's, a, it's an adequate uh, description of him. Uh, but whatever happens, the woman is, is given what's described as the wing. And I thought that was really symbolic because what animal is safe from snakes? <laughs> the birds. And, and I remember on a mission trip once, we were down in, in uh, Oregon in, in cowboy territory. And, and a common sight you'd see would be eagles or hawks flying by with snakes dangling from their claws <laughs> as they flew off. Uh, wings of a bird, that's a good picture. I like that. And she flees to a place prepared for in the wilderness where she's nourished for three and a half years. He doesn't give up. He sends out a flood to sweep her away. And the earth opens up and swallows the flood so that he can't get her. And you go, okay, what's happening here? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I'd love to tell you exactly what the flood is and exactly how it gets swallowed up. It's beyond me. But, but I mean, if, if we want to see what is represented here in this modern art of, of it, is, is an, a powerful, unstoppable force that is large, vast, uh, you know, uh, I want to say horizon to horizon. I mean, I, I picture, picture a huge flood coming in, right? And the earth going, and the flood going, whoop, <laughs> and falling in. And, and uh, I'm going, that, that, that's the picture. That's the picture that he's using. What is happening is something that is, going to, is, is apparently unstoppable, apparently powerful, apparently pervasive, is going to come to kill the Jews, but they're going to be protected. And I want to say that it, it's going to, to look like that, but, and it, but it's possible that this is actually literally what happens. You know... What happened when the Israelites fled from Egypt the first time? Is they, they went up to the Red Sea and they said, hmm, the Egyptians are coming after us. The Israelites went up to the Red Sea. They said, look, the Egyptians are coming after us. They've got chariots, they've got army, they've got spears, swords, bows, and arrows, and we have staffs and sheep and women and children. What are we going to do? And God said, Moses, lift your rod. He lifted the rod. The sea went, and they walked through. Now, any of us today, I say, do you believe that? We all say, yeah, I believe that. Well, why do we believe that, but not think that could happen in Revelation? Well, because that was 3,000 years ago. Well, 3,500 years, 1,400 years, actually, not 1,500 before Christ was Moses. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, I threw that out wrong. But, but uh, 1,400 years B.C., 3,400 years ago, and it's easy to believe vast, giant miracles 3,400 years ago. Somehow it's a lot harder to believe when we start looking at them now. <laughs> they're just as true and just as possible today as they were then. So it's entirely possible Satan somehow manages a flood. I mean, we see in, in the book of Job where he is able to cause fire to come from heaven. We see where he is able to, to cause storms and winds and things. He could bring some kind of a flood. Satan has power, and God could split open the earth. He's done it before to swallow, in, he did it in, in the book of Numbers, to swallow some 
rebellious people. He could do it to swallow water. It could, this could happen. It could be that literal. And Satan's up there just going, oh, God, so ticked. <laughs> he, he is so bad. And, and so then he's got one group left to vent his frustration on. And I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm going to stop before we get here. But I'm going to hit it. Then the dragon became furious with the woman. He's just, been, he's just been frustrated twice in what he wants. And Satan is a bad guy. He became fu- furious with the woman, went off to make war with the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the stand- sand of the sea. Okay, so we're going to come back next week. We're going to look at that. Uh, what we want to look at today is we have an enemy. We have an enemy. Do not ever think that once we, you become a Christian, life is supposed to be only good always. That will happen, but not here. We, there, there's something we need to beware of, and that is the kind of thinking that says, if I'm not being blessed in ways that I can see, or especially in material ways, then God is failing me. This isn't, there is no question God will not fail us, but there is a question of whether we will fail him. Okay? Bad things will happen. This, we have an enemy. And not only is he big and powerful, he is angry. He does not like us. Now, what we're facing today is nothing like what they will face then. They're going to face it. Next week, we're going to talk about what they face. Uh, uh, And and I'm actually going to have fun with it because I get to expand my notes. (laughs) Uh, But today, I just want to let you walk away with a preparation. We had communion. We shared the Lord's Supper. Jesus died on a cross for us. It is not unreasonable in light of what he is giving us that he would allow us to suffer for him as well arm yourself with the knowledge and the determination that if suffering comes to you you will suffer well because and that's not fun i'm not that's not what you're supposed to say in church you're supposed to only say nice warm things i fear i every every week 